just kind of what that, what that looks like. If you guys have any you know, concerns or anything like that, just, just let me know. Um, so we can try and make adjustments or kind of accommodate whatever needs there might be. Uh, yeah, so we'll continue to see how that goes. Yeah. And yeah, so earlier we had some children come in and you know, that's just something that I wanted to try first time. Because uh, since we're at 11 now, uh, you know, some of the kids can join us and you know, kind of see how that is. Some of them are kind of young, so I know some of them are making some noises and all that. Uh, so thank you for, you know, uh, continuing to just, 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 you know, deal with that and accept that. Um, and, and we'll see how that goes. So, uh, turn to First uh, Thessalonians. If you have a Bible, you can grab one in the back. If you don't have one, if you want to use your phone or anything like that, that's cool too. Uh, turn with me to First Thessalonians. And while you're turning there, I'm just going to read uh, a passage that a lot of us are uh, familiar with. It's uh, known as the Great Commission. It's in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. I'm just going to read that for us while you guys are turning to First Thessalonians, chapter 2. So, Matthew, it, Jesus is saying this. To his disciples. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So, like, how have Christians tried to follow this command? to make disciples? How has the church attempted to make disciples? And uh, I'm going to share a list with you guys of how the church has or how churches have. And um, this list is not exhaustive, so uh, just bear that in mind. So some churches, they use Sunday school, right? Uh, I'm sure most of us here are familiar with the idea uh, or the concept of Sunday school. Uh, Chinese side, they have Sunday school right, actually right before service. Um, for about an hour, they have Sunday school where they kind of go through a, a book of the Bible or they talk about some, some theme or some topic, right? Uh, we've had Sunday school in the past as well, um, right after service. Uh, right now, we don't. Uh, the, uh, the reason is because uh, we have other groups that kind of help to reach that goal of Sunday school already. So we have, uh, we already fulfill that, that purpose. Um, so other churches, they, they might use some concept like a discipleship group. Okay, like you can uh, sign up for this group if you want to, if, you're, if you call yourself a Christian and you want to further your faith or deepen your faith in some sense, uh, you can kind of sign up for this group and you get put with a group of people or maybe one-on-one with some older person or someone more mature in the faith and then they can somehow guide you on this journey or you have this class that will guide you and um, in this class, maybe this class will, would only be like 15 weeks long, let's say, and you go through some curriculum, and after you're done with this curriculum, in a sense, you've been effectively discipled. Okay. Some uh, other churches, they use uh, resources like conferences and retreats. So uh, we have our own retreat coming up, right, in, in summer, All Hawk Retreat. is actually July 31st to August 2nd this year, so... Um, it's in July 31st. A lot of times it's always in like uh, August 1st or something like that. But this time it's July 31st. So kind of keep that in mind if you, if you want to go, uh, let your parents know, or you can put that on your schedule. Um, and signups and promos should be coming out uh, maybe like in the next two months. So just kind of uh, follow up on that update. Other churches, they use stuff like Vacation Bible School for kids. So they have kids have Sunday school, but they also have Vacation Bible School. That's 
uh, a time for the kids. They can come to know about God more and all these things uh, about God in the Bible. But in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, he explains his journey and his involvement in bringing people to follow Jesus. And he uses these very vivid and these very clear uh, descriptions and, and he explains his journey, his process in great detail. And we're going to examine how Paul and his companions, uh, they walked alongside these strangers, okay, and then how they became brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to kind of examine this journey, how Paul and disciples, they made disciples, okay? So when I was in seminary, I was required to take a training class. It was known as the discipleship class. Every person had to take this class. And I had to find a person who was willing to uh, basically meet with me uh, once a week for six weeks. And we had to go through this book. It was like really thick. And we basically had to go through the book and he had to answer like, all the questions, just a lot of fill in the blanks, right? And then, um, luckily, like, there was this guy at my church, my sister probably knows, you know, this guy, he's from, yeah, a college student from China. Uh, he was like, okay, Phil, like, all right, I'll, I'll do this thing with you. I'm like, oh, cool, thank you. Like, thank God, like, there's somebody, right? So uh, we met uh, every week, and honestly, be- uh, like, looking back on it, it was really strange because, like, I had to meet with him for this class, okay? That was kind of, like, my motivating factor in a sense. I needed to get credit for this course so i had to take him through this booklet and his english wasn't very good um and the booklet was really thick it's all english so like we really struggled and i was like i don't know how if i could finish all this material and he's like struggling i feel like i don't know how i can read all this material and it's like our meeting times were just like it was just really like difficult and all that um and you know after i was done with this with this six week thing with him i was like like is that is that it you know, it, um, did I disciple him? Like, is that, is that it? Like, am I done? Like, is he a, is he a disciple now? That, was that discipleship? And then it just, it just ended? Like, is that it? Like, that's kind of what I was wondering. Or did I, did I miss something? So, I want to share with you uh, a definition of discipleship. Discipleship is the act of sharing the gospel of God and your life with someone else. So, uh, listen again. Discipleship is the act of sharing the gospel of God and your life with someone else. This is what we're going to examine today as we study how Paul made disciples with strangers. Okay, So, discipleship is not something that you do with yourself, Okay, it's, but it's something that's done with someone else. So, people are like, you know, yeah, I went on a date with myself. Like, you know, I, went out, so I went out and I treated myself, okay? Like, that's not something you can do with discipleship. It's not just yourself, okay? It has to be done with someone else. Okay, so you disciple someone, someone else discipling you. That's how, that's how it works. It's not an individual thing. It's basically two things. It's the gospel and it's relationships. Gospel and relationships. It's really as simple as that. And anyone can do it. So first, I want to talk about what discipleship isn't now. And then I want to talk more about what it is. So... And then after that, I want to share with us how each of us who identify with God as our Father and Jesus as Lord, how we can practice discipleship. So, Paul, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, he describes uh, three relationships, three types of relationships. We're going to see three examples of relationships. We see a young child, we see a nursing mother, and a father, okay? So I'm going to read uh, 
this chapter here, and then just follow along in your Bibles. Okay, so chapter 2. Chapter 2. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we spoke as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God, who tests our hearts. You know, we never used flattery, nor did we put on any mask to cover our greed. God is our witness. We, are, we were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else, even though as disciples of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Right? Instead, we were like young children among you. Okay, so this is the first type of relationship. Okay? We were like young children among you. Secondly, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you, you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship, how we worked day and night in order not to burden anyone while we practiced the gospel of God to you. I'm sorry, sorry, while we preached the gospel of God. You were our witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. So first, we're going to examine what does it mean, you know, to be like a young child amongst other people who you want to disciple, who you want to love and share your life with? What does that look like? So when we think of young children, we often think of innocence, right? So we're talking about young children now, okay? We think of innocence, we think of purity. So it's not to say that, you know, young children, they can't do horrible things, right? Uh, I was talking with my sister last week, or I think, and then you were saying how, like, uh, a kid, he was like, he assaulted some teachers, right? And then he got cuffed by the police. And this, this child, you know, has a really troubled background, you know, it's like family issues and all that. So you're like, oh, okay, you know, that's like, that's, that's, that's really sad, that's terrible. But, you know, like still, like young child, elementary school, you know, assaulted teachers and got handcuffed, right? So you're like, oh, okay. But, you know, Paul, he's speaking in general terms here, how generally, you know, young children, they're, they're innocent, you know, they haven't gotten to that age where they're thinking about scheming, right? Where they're thinking about greed, necessarily. Where they're thinking about how they want to, to take revenge, how they want to murder someone or abuse someone. Right? Those are really things that uh, people who are past the, the age of young children, they start to think about and, and, and experience and deal with, right? When we, when we read the news or we read the newspaper, hear the news, like, it's oftentimes it's adults, right? Or um, people who are, like, you know, a little older, they're the ones create, uh, you know, doing these acts of um, atrocities, right? But from relating as a young child, we learned that discipleship, it should have nothing to do with impure motives. So look at your Bible. Okay, look at your Bible and just kind of follow through in verse 3. It says, impure motives, flattery, right, greed, seeking praise through the assertion of authority. Right? Discipleship should have nothing to do with these things. All right, so when you share your life with someone else, it should not have any of these things. And I want you to, to really think about it is, you know, 
I mean, these, these, these words are like really horrible, right? It's like, oh, like impure motives or like greed or like flattery, like, like, oh my, like, asserting like authority. Like, like these are like, wow, like I couldn't do something like that. Like that's, that's, that's not me. But I want you guys to think about that. Like what would it look like for that to come up in your relationships with people? Like, do you, do you have impure motives? You know, is there some kind of special end goal that you're trying to reach? Like, for example, um, you, might, you might meet someone and you're like, oh, they have something I, I want. Like, there's some benefit that I can derive from them, possibly. So, they made, for example, I'll share my life with someone, you know, and maybe they'll help me with my homework. Or they'll help me study. Or they'll share their... Their, their answers with me or something. Or, you know, I'll, I'll share my life with someone. I'll love someone uh, because they'll, maybe they'll follow me on Instagram and they'll like all my posts. Or maybe I'll, I'll want to share my life and, you know, get closer to my boss in that sense because, you know, I, I want that promotion. Or, you know, I, I want some kind of, kind of benefit, right? So we're supposed to be innocent of these evil things where we don't take advantage of people. And that sounds really bad because we're like, whoa, like taking advantage of people, like that's, that's no, no. What we, what we want is we want people to come to know God as Father, right? Because we want them to. We just, we want them to. We've experienced something amazing and we want them to also experience that. We want to know, and we want them to know Jesus as their Lord because we care about them. And that really brings us to the second type of relationship, a nursing mother. Paul and his companions, they were like a nursing mother who cares for her children. Right, Paul, he says, like, we cared for you. We cared for you. Why? In verse 8, can, can anyone just, just shout out, why did they care about the Thessalonians? Why did Paul and his companions care about the Thessalonians? Just, just, just say it out if you can see it in verse 8. So we're looking for the reason now. And can you guys find that? The reason for why they cared for the people? Why did Paul and his companions care for the Thessalonians in the first place? They're strangers, right? They're not, they're not looking for a benefit. Paul and his companions, they're not looking for a benefit. Well, why would they care for them? Yeah, say, say that louder. Yeah? I, think, I think you got the right answer, yeah? Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, it's very, it's very clear, right? It's right there. Great. That's, that's good. Because they love them. They love them so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. So, um, you'll often hear YouTubers say, like, if you watch YouTube, you know, like, their, their channel stuff, you'll be like, oh, man, like, I love you guys so much. You know, like, thank you for watching my video. Uh, remember to subscribe and hit that link below and follow my channel. You know, like, man, I love you guys so much. You guys are amazing. Like, shout out to all my, 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 my like, my, uh, like, you know, loyal followers and stuff like that. You'll, you'll hear that kind of stuff. And then, when I hear that kind of stuff, I'm like, okay, like, you say you love them because you're, like, following your channel and you're making money off of this, right? This is probably, like, some source of your income. 
Um, if no one's watching yourself, no one's following you, you, you know, you're not making as much money and stuff. You're not making money. Um, but like, would you still say you love them if, you know, you weren't getting any benefit necessarily from, from them? Okay. Would you still kind of say that? If you didn't earn any, any, any penny, if you weren't earning a cent from what you're doing, would you still say, you know, you love your subscribers, your subscribers? And maybe there's someone else out there like that does that, okay? But I'm kind of speaking general terms here. You know, if, if, if someone had nothing to offer you, okay, someone had nothing to offer you, would you still say you love them? What we find here in, in chapter 2 is that Paul and his companions... In the beginning of chapter 2, okay, you can read through it while I'm speaking. They worked so hard. All right, they worked so hard. They toiled. Right, in verse 9, it says, Our toil, our hardship, we worked night and day in order not to be a burden. In the beginning of chapter 2, they talked about how they experienced hardship, how they suffered, how they were treated outrageously how they faced strong opposition. Right? There's all this like, like stuff. It's like, woo. And they went through all of that because they loved the Thessalonians so much. That's why. There was no benefit that they could get. They were not seeking any type of benefit. You know, when a mother gives birth to a baby, okay, I don't have that experience, okay, I'm not a mother, I don't have a child, and, and that's like physically impossible for me okay, to give birth to a, a child, okay, but um, when, when a mother, you know, gives birth to a baby, and, and you know, her life, as I've experienced and I've, I've seen, it gets exponentially more difficult. We, we have one mother in here, I don't know if that was your experience, but life gets harder, right? life gets harder to Oh, there's, there's toil, there's, there's hardship. Especially maybe if it's your first child, you're like, oh my goodness. Like maybe by the third one, you're like, okay, like I've done this before. But like the first one is like, oh, dang, like now someone's life is like in my hands and I got to keep this baby alive. Uh, you know, so you're like getting a lot of help and probably like reading a lot of stuff and getting help from mom and, and all that, friends and stuff. But, you know, children, um, you know, they, they, young children, they take, they take a lot of naps, right? Uh, they, they don't have any, any worries. They, um, you know, they, they need to eat every few hours, right? And that means you got you to gotta be there for the, for the child every, like, every, every time. And you got to feed. And, the, and then you, know, you got to burp the baby or whatever. And you got to like, put them to sleep. And then they, they wake up. And then they cry. And then they got to feed them again. And it's like, you know, like I know parents, like, through that time, they're like, they don't get much sleep. You know, like what if the baby wakes up maybe, maybe, uh, at the middle of the night? Like, do you, like someone has to go and like kind of make sure everything's okay, right? And someone has to wake up and get out of bed and do that. And I think couples, they got to figure that out, right? Like who's going to do that? At, uh, maybe rotating or whatever. But, you know, like the baby, it, it, the baby cannot reciprocate love yet, right? The baby cannot reciprocate love. The baby is just, it's just receiving, just taking in. Just taking in right now. The baby can't offer or return any love or care. But can a mother be joyful, right, with her child? Of course. Like, just turn on social media. Like, my social media is always, always, like, blown up by my friends. Like, a lot of them are getting married. They have kids now. And everyone thinks their baby is, like, the cutest. 
Like, oh, my baby, like, like, like videoing their, their baby, like, eating, or video baby, the baby just, like, lying there crawling or playing or whatever. It's just, like, my baby is just the cutest baby, like, my, out there. And they're so happy. Like, I just see the mother's faces is just, like, glowing. Mothers are joyful with their child, even though they, they, they don't receive, like, like, any type of benefit necessarily or, or, or love from the baby. But still, they're, man, they're excited. They're excited. They're joyful. There is delight, as it says here in verse 8. We were delighted to share with you. There was, mothers have delight and there is love. Right? Is that how we treat one another? Right? Do, do we approach people with this heart and attitude? When we share our lives with each other, when we share the gospel of God, like, is there this type of uh, you know, this, this nursing mother um, type of relationship? Do we, do we have that relationship where even if someone doesn't have anything to offer us, we still want to care for them? And I know, um, you know it's hard. Right? People can be difficult to love, right? People can be very different. People can be difficult to deal with, like different personalities, sometimes clashing personalities, or just you just have nothing in common or something. Like, sometimes you might even think, oh, wouldn't life be easier if, like, I just didn't have to deal with this person, or this person, you know, wasn't here or something like that. And really, sometimes at church, you might feel like, you know, there's nothing that this person could offer me that I want. You can invest in a relationship, but you're kind of like, you're just on the giving end or something, you know. There's nothing. And in fact, maybe by associating with someone, that might actually give you more trouble, more hardship. Right? Because that person is going to be opening up their life to you, and then, you know, you got to be there for them, Right? Because that's, that's part of loving. And you're like, oh, what? You know, this person's like really troublesome. Or this person has like a lot of issues and stuff. Like, I don't, I'm just going to suck up my time. Or like, I don't know how to deal with that. Like, I just don't, you know, I don't want to do that. Right? It might be more harsh and more trouble. But I think, you know, anyone who has tried to share the gospel in their life with someone can attest to this. Can attest to this. Is discipleship easy? No, it's not. Okay. Anyone who has done it before, they know it's not. But is it possible? Right, is it possible? Yeah, of course. It is possible. It is possible. If it wasn't possible, Paul wouldn't be writing this letter. If it wasn't possible. Right, Paul, he recalls that it was actually a delight. A delight. Right, do you feel delighted at the opportunity to share your life with someone, do you feel that delight at the opportunity to share the gospel with them? Do you feel that delight? In Romans 10, verse 13 to 15, it uh, says this. Paul's writing. It says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Basically, proclaiming, right, the gospel. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Right. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. All right. If the good news is good, then people need to hear. And, but some of y'all might be like, well, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm already a Christian. So I already, you know, I already know the gospel. I don't need to hear the gospel because you know, I already know the gospel. The gospel is for non-believers. All right. But in Romans 1.15... Right? Paul, he also writes 
that Christians need to be reminded of the gospel. Romans 1.15, it says this. So he's writing to the, the believers in Rome. He's saying, so I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. So Jews and Gentiles, but also to you who are in Rome. So Paul wants to preach the gospel to Christians. Why we, as Christians, we need to be reminded of the gospel. It really is the foundation of our faith. Right? It's so deep. It's so, so beautiful. So right, I want to share with you, right, just remind us of the gospel of this good news. That God, he created us to be with him. Or some of you guys might recognize this. So God created us to be with him, right, but our sins separated us from God. Right? However, and we know that, that sins, they cannot be repaid by good deeds. But Jesus paying the price for our sins he died and rose again. And everyone who trusts in Jesus and everyone who follows Jesus, you know, they will have eternal life. And life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. That's the gospel in short. And we need to be reminded of this because from the very beginning when God created us to be with him, you know, have we forgotten that? Or do we lose that sense of purpose in our lives, in our daily lives? That we were created to have a relationship with God. Is that, is that a priority? Is that on our minds? No, is it still our desire? Like, yes, you know, I want to be with God. I want to be in a right relationship with God. You know, I want to, I want to honor God in my life. Or is something else like tugging at your heart's desire? Right? Maybe I was created to be with the world, you know. Maybe I was created to do this instead or do that instead. But we were created to be with God. How about secondly, do we feel guilty about our sins? Do we feel guilt? And because of that guilt, do we try to do better? Right, be a better person, do more good deeds. And somehow, maybe we might be begging God and God like, Oh God, I did these things, so show mercy on me. Show mercy and your favor on me and um, see my efforts. Because I've heard a lot of people speak this way. Right, they forget that, wow, you know, because of Jesus Christ, you know, we are righteous before God. And yes, we sin, but we don't need to be wallowing in our guilt because we have, we have this hope. We, have, we, we know that, that because of Jesus' blood, we are clean already. We, we are clean again. We don't need to be begging for God to show his mercy and, and somehow not believing that God will. Right? Do we rest in the person, the work of Jesus Christ, that he already accomplished everything? And we don't need to be, to be working for our salvation. Right? There is work in faith, but we don't need to work for our salvation, right? Our salvation was already earned through Jesus Christ. He did everything. He did everything. Maybe we need to be reminded of that part of the gospel. Or how about this? Is that after we put our trust in Jesus, sometimes people are like, well, I'm just going to sit back now and put it on cruise control mode because I'm just going to be ready, retaining for, uh, re- re- waiting for Jesus' return. You know, that, that's what my life is about now. I already put my faith in Jesus Christ. Like, hallelujah. And... Uh, I'm waiting for Jesus to come back and take me up to be with him so I go to heaven. And I'm just going to do whatever I want while I'm here, you know? Now we got salvation. Or should we, rather, should we be actively pursuing Jesus with our life now, here and now? Do we want to know him deeper through the, through the scriptures, through our experiences? 
Right? Do we, is that what we want to do? Is that what we're going towards? Maybe we need to be reminded of that part of the gospel. Right? Do we share these aspects of the gospel with one another? That's, that's discipleship. When we're sharing the gospel like this with one another. Because right? life gets messy, right? Life gets difficult. Life, you know, we're like, oh, life should be like linear and it's just like boom, 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 everything falls into place. But then like nowadays, like life is like, like, so it's just like, it's like a mess. And you're like, whoa, like, I don't know, like what's going on? Now all these things popping up, right? Are we really need each other. We really need to, each other. We need to remind each other of this gospel. That's such an important part. And then it brings us to our third relationship, okay, of being like a father who deals with his own children. So it's kind of interesting now. It's like, how can I uh, be like a young child? How can I be like a nursing mother? And now I'm going to be like a father now. You're like, this, you know, this, this isn't the trinity that I'm like, I'm, okay, like this is, so like, it's kind of interesting, right? But he's really, Paul's just kind of showing us the dynamics of relationships here. So how can, you know, like a high schooler, in a sense, like, act like a father who deals with children and other people, Okay. So Paul, like a father, he encourages, okay, in verse 12, he encourages, he comforts, and he urges the Thessalonians to live lives worthy of God who called them into his kingdom and glory, okay? So in this era and culture, a father's role was really to train, to educate, and to discipline. That was kind of like a father's main role, not saying that he doesn't have other roles, and not saying that mothers can't have overlapping roles, okay? But that was his main role, right? Whereas the mother's main role is more to nurture, okay? To care for in that sense. So for some of us, maybe growing up, you know, our mother was the one that we would go ask for food, right? Like if you ask a dad, he'd be like, go ask your mom. Or if you ask your dad, he'd be like, oh, I don't know how to cook or something. I'll, I'll pop something in the microwave or I don't know, like we'll just, I'll just take it to McDonald's or something. You know, like, but like mom was the one that you would go ask for food. Or maybe, and, um, and then, uh, if you needed like, let's say help with like, math or physics or something maybe you go to dad or something you know like maybe dad was the one that was better at, at better at that. if you wanted to uh build something or fix something you go to dad okay maybe that's the case that's not always the case right so like it's, it's a little different but we need to think now why would a child need encouragement and comfort why does a child need encouragement and comfort anyone anyone have a maybe just a I guess, maybe, okay, all of us here are children, okay? So we can somehow answer that. But, you know, if, you, if you're a parent here, you can have a different perspective. Why does a child need comfort and encouragement? Any guesses? Just, just go for it. Let's go for it. They're, they're growing? They're growing. Okay, they're growing, so it's... So, so they can't totally like take care of themselves. Uh-huh. They might not know everything that they need to know. Okay. So that causes us. Okay. Okay. So they need they need help with life decisions and stuff, or how to learn how to do stuff. Okay. All right. All right. Anyone else? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyone else? Why does a child need comfort and encouragement? help them improve okay yeah that's a good one that's a good one any anything else these are good these are good security security 
Yeah, yeah, that's important. Like children, yeah, they, they need that, right? They need that. Um, that's, that's very true. Okay, so um, here I wrote down because whatever they're facing is challenging and it's difficult. Children, they need encouragement and comfort because whatever they're facing is challenging and it's difficult. And I think like all of what you guys are saying is kind of, it matches that. It matches that. Because there are come times when, um, you know, the children, they would just want to just throw in a tile, right? Just like, you just give up. Anyone ever gave up before I threw in a towel? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Right? They're like, I don't like this. Like, like everyone's better than me or something like that. Or I just can't do this. Like, I don't like this. It's too hard. Right? I think all of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we've had that experience before unless we're like just like a super genius or something and like or whatever i don't know okay but as christians we are called to live lives worthy of god and that's huge that is huge that is daunting okay live a life worthy of god okay which basically means that we need to live lives that we think god deserves we need to we need to live lives that we think god deserves okay And some of you guys might be thinking, okay, well, I already believe in God. You know, I already been baptized. So, um, you know, I'm done. I believe I've been baptized. I'm done. But, you know, sorry to burst the bubble, but life with Jesus starts now, right? And it lasts forever. It doesn't start after you die and then you're already in heaven. And it's like, woohoo. But life with Jesus starts now. And that means, you know, we follow him and we need to live lives worthy of God. And wow, what does God deserve, though? What does God deserve? The creator of this universe, what does he deserve from our lives? He deserves perfection, right? He deserves perfection. He deserves the best. So what do you guys think about this? If we were to cook a meal, we'd give God leftovers. What do you guys think? God, God comes to visit us at our church, and we, we cook a meal, and we give him the leftovers. What do you guys think? Yeah? I mean, leftovers could be good, right? Like, you know, like, the leftover pizza? Like, some people are, that's like actual thing, right? It's like, leftover pizza tastes better than actual, like, fresh pizza. Some people are like that. I, I don't really buy that, but I still eat leftover pizza, but, uh, yeah? But I think that's sometimes what we do with God, though. We give God the leftovers in our lives. We, 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 we occupy ourselves, we, we put our priorities in a certain way, and you're like, whatever is left, you know, God, you can have. God, you can have. But what does God want, though? God wants us to love him with all our heart, right? all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. That's what God wants. Right? That's Everything. God wants a full course. I don't want a left. God don't want leftovers. We don't want leftovers either. And this isn't easy. That's why Paul he's encouraging the Thessalonians. That's why he comforted them. He encouraged them because he knew they needed it, just like we need it. Right? We need encouragement. We need comfort. It's not easy. Right? The world doesn't understand us. Okay, the world doesn't understand us. The world thinks we're crazy. Right? The world might think we're 
you know, bigots or, or uh, like uh, we're not sens- sensitive or may- maybe think well, we are intolerable or something like that. Maybe we're, we're haters. Or maybe what we believe is just, it's just, you know, it's just too, too off the chart or too weird or something like that. The world doesn't understand us. And if we're not here for each other, then who's going to be? Right? Because the world's not going to be there for us. The world hated Jesus, just like the world hates us. So if we're not there for each other. No one else is going to be, okay, except for God. Okay? But what Paul's saying is that we also need to be there for each other. Right, where, and, and, and the way we can be there for each other, it really has to be through relationships. That's, why, that's where the sharing your life part comes in. It has to be through relationships. Okay, so where there's limited relationship, there's limited effectiveness. Okay. So, for example, you can stream a sermon online, okay, on YouTube or wherever. Right? You can stream a channel from someone's church website. And, and that, could, that message could really speak to you. That passage could really speak to you. And, you know, praise God for that. But... It's limited because you don't know him and he don't know you. He probably doesn't even know you exist. Okay. Can you call him up? Be like, hey, pastor, I need to talk. Can you be like, hey, can we meet up? Can I share my troubles with you? Or can you do, I mean, can you, like, it doesn't even have to, you know, like, like can you, you can't do that. You can't do that. And there's something incredible and something unique about people being in person or you actually knowing someone and being able to, to talk with each other, able to share the gospel in your life with each other. Right, at the end of, uh, and I mean, um, like, end of last year, I was going through a hard time, and several of my Christian friends, um, and they just, just without me even asking, you know, they just, you know, dropped off some stuff in my house, you know, they, just, they, 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 you know, some of them were listening to me to talk and, and all that thing, you know, like, they were, they were listening to me to share my troubles, and they're caring for me, like, you know, physically, emotionally, all these things. And I was like, wow, like, I really feel love. You know, I really feel love. Like, I'm trying to figure out. Like Christian life, I'm trying to figure out life here on earth. I'm trying to follow Jesus, but life is hard. And honestly, you know, I was like overwhelmed by the kindness. I'm like, yo, you guys don't need to like do all this for me, but like, thank you, thank you. You know, and because of their encouragement and comfort, I was like, oh, I can get through this. Like, I think I can. I, think I can do this now. Like, I, I, I think there's hope. Yeah, we need that. We need that. The world's not going to provide that for us. It's only, going to, it's only going to come from each other. So I want you guys to really think about for yourselves is that, you know, who's on your mind? Okay, who's on your mind? And if you have nobody on your mind, you can look at the person next to you, and then you'll have somebody on your mind, okay? If there's nobody on your mind, okay, just, just, just take a look around. I saw, some, I saw you guys looking around. Sometimes you guys had no one on your mind. But um, I want you guys to, to, to kind of look, like, think about who you want to or who you can share the gospel in your life with okay and i know some of you guys are already doing that which is great continue to do that right be encouraged continue to do that be there for one another right think about who needs to be on your mind who needs to be on your mind because sometimes yeah you're like man like uh like you know i'm I'm okay like i'm okay like everything's good like I, I'm satisfied or I'm content with like what I'm doing right now. But like, you know, is there, is there more? Is there more? Is there someone else that maybe you know, you've neglected or maybe someone that, that you just haven't thought about? Right? Kind of bring them in. Bring them in. And, um, you know, it really has to come from a, a desire. Okay? It really from a desire. So, don't treat it like a, like a chore. Don't treat it like a chore. 
And that really has to come from knowing God and the gospel, okay? So, um, then, then what? Then, 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 then what? Then what happens? You just go for it. Okay, you just go for it. You, have, you guys have all the pieces you need. You guys have all the tools you need. You just go for it. So our church, the way in which, you know, we try to facilitate this, okay, like, like I said, in the very beginning, some churches, they have different methods, different tools. And these are really just different methods and tools, whether it's a Sunday school, whether it's a discipleship, like, sign-up group, okay, whether, whether it's, it's, a, it's a Bible study small group, whether it's a, you know, it's a Sunday service, whether it's a retreat or a conference or VBS, okay, those are all just tools. Those are all just methods where we try to facilitate and structure gospel sharing, with each other, right? we were trying to foster life sharing. Okay, these are those are just tools. Okay, so um, don't think like okay, like unless we have this group or something, I can't do that. I have to wait till all hawk retreat, you know, then I can do that. You don't have to wait until then, right? You can do that now. It can just be it can just be between people. Okay, doesn't have to be any organized thing. Now, I really want you guys to know that. Okay. So, go for it. Go for it. Okay? And, and I really think that God's going to do something. So, um, hope you guys are excited. And uh, as the worship team comes forward, and just to, we're going to sing one last song. And then um, I'll, and I'll pray for us as they're coming up. Okay. Holy Father, uh, Lord, thank you for your, the encouragement that we can receive and the comfort that we can have, uh, uh, the love and, that we can receive and the care that we have, Lord, uh, first through you and also from each other. Um, Lord, would you give us, a, a, you know, just a desire to want to do that, uh, to not just feel it like a chore, or like, oh, I have to, but, you know, it's really a, a, a delight. Lord, would you give us that delightful spirit? Um, and, uh, you know, things get hard, God, but we know that we are not alone, and we have you, so, and we have each other. So, um, Lord, would you use that with your spirit, you know, fill us, and uh, as we go forth, just, and just to go for it. Uh, I pray this in the name of Jesus. And you guys can stand if you want, yeah.